Talking of books, the Bragg Prize for Science Writing is given next week, and all the winners in recent times were female. Last year's winner, Lauren Fugue, wrote about deep time and ancient fossils in South Australia. Here she is with thoughts on winning. I've been very stoked about it and it's been really cool because some people that I used to work with who are science journalists and stuff understand how cool it is and have been congratulating me but also just people in my life who don't really understand what the Bragg Prize is but are super excited that it's quite a prestigious award and yeah, they've been very happy for me. Do they know who Bragg was, Lawrence Bragg? I wouldn't say so, just the regular people in my life. But the people I used to work with here at the Science Exchange definitely would know who Lawrence Bragg was because he's a big part of the history of science in Adelaide. His father used to work at the University of Adelaide and together they won the Nobel Prize while working here. So definitely people in Adelaide have a bit of an idea about it, especially those in science. And we're in the Bragg room at the Science Exchange indeed. Now, what are your plans personally? So I wrote this deep time piece while I was working as a science journalist for Cosmos last year. And at the start of this year, I decided to actually step away from science journalism for a while. I've been reporting a lot on the climate crisis in all its various forms and have been thinking very hard about the way we are telling stories about climate change and how those stories need to change and broaden in order for us to have the kind of cultural change we need to address the climate crisis. Like we have all the technological solutions, we need the political will and the cultural change to put it into practice. So right now I'm actually working on a PhD in creative writing, looking at narratives of climate change, basically trying to understand climate communication and what works and what doesn't. I'm trying to explore different kinds of stories than just the stories you hear in journalism where it's just about the facts. I'm trying to reach people on different levels, not just intellectually, but emotionally. Thinking about perhaps the difference between a global problem, because even people in politics, let alone the ordinary everyday person, hearing about a global problem constantly, it's just too big to handle all the time like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolutely overwhelming problem and a lot of people when they are just hearing about the science of it straight facts they kind of switch off they don't want to hear about it they can choose not to read about it but if we can change the stories we tell in other parts of our culture as well not just in science writing then we can begin to kind of reimagine how we want our world to be not as a world in which we are just using the earth as a resource but a world in which we are an integral part of a more complex system What about the local bit? If you are doing something under your own control in your village or your suburb, then it's what's known as active hope. You're you're being busy and you can demonstrate what is improving your local situation. And I suppose the idea behind it might be that if you had thousands of people doing that, add them all together and you have something that really is going to make a substantial difference, even if the problem is global and gigantic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in order to motivate thousands of people to kind of make those changes in their own lives, we need to tell the stories about the people who are currently doing it and get their voices out there. For people to change their behaviours, I think they have to see models in other people. They need to see 
all the different kinds of things that people in the world are doing to combat climate change, whether it's activism, protesting out on the streets, whether it's, you know, locking onto a train that takes coal to the coal port, or whether it's just in your local community in a community garden or uh, a bike repair community workshop in order to reduce waste. People need to see those stories in order to know what things that they could be doing and the different things that are possible for us to change. What about your age, age group, finally? Um, you're doing a PhD, obviously. You're a, a younger science person. How do they feel? Because um, uh, the idea is that uh, many people uh, who are young imagine the future is almost indefinite. But are they rather concerned? Are they deeply uncertain about what's going to happen next? Yeah, I absolutely think so. Yeah, I am 29, so I am in the millennial generation and my generation know that we are forever going to be living in the grips of the climate crisis. It will play out throughout our lifetimes. We will forever be living now in emergency times. And that does something to you, I think. It, it, at least for those who are not looking away from that fact, it becomes the lens through which you view the rest of your life. And I know that's how it's become for me. I feel like I have a moral obligation to use what skills I have to act in some way. And my skills are in science and storytelling. And so this is what I'm trying to do. And there are many others in my generation who feel like they are also forced to act in some way. Well done. Congratulations. And good luck with your PhD. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. Lauren Fuge doing her PhD at the University of South Australia. Her article on deep time for Cosmos magazine won last year's Bragg Prize for science writing. More Bragg on the 9th of November, plus Best Australian Science Writing 2023, the book.